Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you are in this world. Thank you so much once again for joining for another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapist. And as this podcast comes out, I am going to be at the STAR Conference in New Jersey. Super excited about it. We have a uh, table set up at the exhibitor hall. So uh, if you are by any chance around and listening to this, please stop by, say hi. I would love to chat and connect with you. Um, I'm also going to be recording some mini interviews, chatting with people throughout the conference, and my goal is going to be then uh, 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 edit a podcast together or two, depending on how many we do, so you guys can kind of like a behind-the-scenes look at kind of like who is here and what we're talking about and all that kind of stuff, so stay tuned for that. But before we get into today's podcast episode, which I am so excited to share with you, my interview with Sasha Foster, I just wanted to let you all know that we have something super, super cool coming out uh, this weekend and over the next couple of weeks or so. So I just finished also last weekend, put together a, a webinar masterclass title the step-by-step blueprint on building your canine rehabilitation business okay and uh we did that training because we did a poll on our social media and on our facebook group so if you guys answered that poll thank you so much because i was trying to figure out okay what do you guys want to learn about what are the topics you want to learn about and i gave a few options and that was the most voted one by far it wasn't even close guys i think it was something like 85 90 percent of votes went towards this topic the step-by-step blueprint on building your canine rehabilitation business and i put together that training already and we're gonna have it out for you guys with the first we're gonna run it a few times a handful of times or so over the next couple weeks so go ahead and uh, follow the link on the um, on the show notes if you're interested in joining us for any of those recording not recordings any of those presentations okay and uh, the first one is going to be coming out this sunday already so if you're listening to this podcast as it comes out this sunday we're going to be offering the first run and then follow the link on the show notes as well for more additional times or if you get our emails if you follow us on social media you know we definitely stay tuned so we're going to be offering that a handful of times so that way people in different time zones different work schedules or whatever it may be hopefully we can find the time that works for you to go through this training which it should be about 45 minutes or so in length so nothing super long but enough with information because here let me read it to you what we're going to be talking about here from the agenda so first main topic i'm going to dive into is challenging your thinking changing your mindset a little bit in terms of uh, 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 how to build the business that you want and then the bulk of the training is going to be about about what I call the customer ascension letter, which is gonna help show you the blueprint on how you uh, uh, start and grow your canine rehab business. We're gonna go through how to implement this kind of stuff into your canine rehab business, no matter if you are just starting, about to get started, or if you already have a business going on. And then at the end of the training, I shared kind of like the main takeaways that I wish you to take from it, okay? So uh, super excited about that. Our goal is to do one of those trainings at least every uh, month or two. So uh, go ahead and check it out, and then I would love to hear your feedback afterwards too. And then for today's podcast episode, super, super, super excited with our interview with Sasha Foster. I made a little mistake at the beginning of the, the 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 interview with her where I said she was a DPT. She has actually a master's in physical therapy, so I just wanted to correct that. But she also has her CCRT. And for you guys who especially have gone through the Canine Rehab Institute program in the past, you probably have... Um, um, met her during that point in time when she used to be faculty for the Canine Rehab Institute. But she has been... Uh, um, 
uh, one of the pioneers, I would say, definitely if not a pioneer, a big name in the field of canine rehab in the United States and worldwide as well. And I say worldwide also because not only she taught overseas, but also because of all the online content that she has geared towards canine rehab therapists and geared towards pet owners as well. So she is just like me, an entrepreneur at heart. And we talked a lot about that, a lot about her journey as an entrepreneur and how that came to be. And that's something that I really wanted to mention, especially at the top, you know, as I do this introduction to you all, because we we talked about a lot of stuff, guys. We talked a lot about some really, really good stuff that I think is going to be helpful for you all. But one thing that really stood out to me was when she, she talked about how there are things that we need to learn first to make ourselves successful in future progress. And we can't not get where we want to get without those challenges in our lives, okay? Like that for me was super powerful. I I love that approach to life that everything happens for a reason and we need to, for us to get where we at, we have to get through certain challenges. Uh, Recently, I read a book about it and I'm probably going to do a podcast about it. But I read a book called uh, Three Feet from Gold, which is not written by Napoleon Hill, but based off Napoleon Hill's teachings. But it is a book that came out about 10, 15 years ago or so. And it talks a lot about that, about how perseverance and how sometimes we just have to keep on pushing. Okay, And it was so interesting to have that conversation with Sasha Foster as well, and about understanding that there are lessons that need to be learned along this journey that we're at. Um, Other thing I wanted to mention too is her platform, GoGo Charlie. We talked a lot about that as well. And it is, uh, uh, if you guys have been using Canine Home Exercise Solutions, it's the same, but now just offering more stuff and very, very excited uh, to be partnering with Sasha Foster once again for our Business Accelerator students. Business Accelerator that we're gonna be announcing pretty soon, but we're gonna be starting a new group of students as well in a, in a few weeks in October. So stay tuned for that announcement as well. And super excited for where she's taking the platform too with GoGo Charlie, just really building from being more than just a home exercise platform, and that's part of the reason, you know, why she's kind of like changing the, the the brand itself, but how it's going to be about a lot of clinical education, a lot of helping support the canine rehab therapist through a lot of different ways and, and, and kind of like blending into a learning platform too that's going to support not just the pet owner now, but support you, the canine rehab therapist as well. So super, um, super excited for... Uh, see what comes out of GoGo Charlie. But I hope you find this interview as inspirational as I did while I was interviewing Sasha. Uh, Like I said, I have here like two, three pages of notes that I took literally like while I was having this conversation with her and I was just going through it and I'm like, man, this was a very, very good conversation. So if you find it helpful too, please let me know. I would love to uh, know about your takeaways. And once again, join us for our webinar masterclass on the step-by-step blueprint on building your canine rehabilitation business. All right. Thank you guys so much. Now let's go to the interview itself. Today, I am very excited to have a very, very special guest, Dr. Sasha Foster, physical therapist and many other credentials behind her names. Sasha, thanks so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time. You're welcome. Glad to be. So for for any of our listeners who maybe have been living under a rock and might not never heard of who Sasha Foster is, uh, you know, tell us more about your background and how did you go? I always like to ask our physical therapy guests, how did you go into like from humans to canines and, and, and how was the transition for you? My transition from humans to canines was um, a little bit inspirational and a little bit accidental. I was a human physio. I had just been told at my human job that I was to do billing in a way that did not feel ethical. So Mm -hmm. I was looking for an out. 
Um, I was in my sister's living room uh, having a pity party watching Oprah Winfrey on TV when my sister's Doberman came running in the living room, flopped himself in my lap, and I just started doing PT on him. He had a sore spot on his shoulder, so I was stretching him and massaging him. And just as I had him in this long latissimus dorsi stretch, my sister came around the corner from her kitchen and she said, what are you doing to my dog? <laughs> and I said, well, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about what I was doing to her dog. I said, I'm stretching him. And she said, he gets every kind of body work that exists. Mm -hmm. And he's never had that. And I thought, well, why not? Because this is what I learned in physical therapy school. We learned human evidence-based rehab we learned animal-based evidence rehab and that's how i knew how to stretch him so mm -hmm. what we ended up doing was something just kind of fun that created this eureka moment we said oh gosh let's invite our friends over let's take some pictures of stretching dogs so we literally put in my sister's bedroom <laughs> my massage table with a white sheet a ladder um car you know like if you're fixing your car the kind of lights you use i don't even know what they're called mm -hmm. we come from nails in the corners of the room and we invited beagles and vigilas to come over <laughs> and our friends sat in the living room drinking beer and we took their dogs into the bedroom and we stretched them and we made this little desktop book okay. it was bound with a little black binder and we sent it to our friends and they all said ah oh, this is really cool can I have a copy? And we thought, well, okay, let's see if a publisher wants it. Mm -hmm. So we sent it to a publisher and we got back the letter that everyone gets. Talk to you in 90 days or never. Mm -hmm. Please don't reach out again. <laughs> and on Monday, they emailed us back and said, we want to publish your book. So it, it opened a door, right? That mm -hmm. eureka moment of my sister saying, no one's ever done this before, was an opportunity, and we chose to step through the door. And when we stepped through the door, we got a publisher. A year later, we had a book. The year after that, it won the best book in its category at the national conference. And then that led to the second book. And then in the middle of all that, I got certified to do rehab. Mm -hmm. So it was, I don't know how to say exactly, being open to the possibilities that I didn't know existed. Yeah. Because I was uncomfortable as a dog or as a human PT at that time. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. That's that's a really funny story, and so, so many takeaways from it. I, I love you know what you said about the opportunity presented itself, and you just kind of like take took that step through it, right? Without really like knowing what was on the other side, and I'm sure that was a lot of potential fear, a lot of feelings around like, is this the right thing? Should I do this? Should I not do this? And that's something that we all kind of like find ourselves, especially when we're on that spot. No matter, I feel like if we're PTs thinking about, oh, should I invest into getting certified in can I rehab or even a vet or a vet tech? There's always that unknown because, uh, uh, you know, our field is just so it's still fairly new that we don't know what's going to be on the other side. So Yes, for Kinda me, like, the imposter yeah. syndrome didn't start until, like, really the eureka moment, the drinking beer in the living room, <laughs> dogs helps. in the bedroom, that right? Helps, yeah. <laughs> like, that was all just very, it was very light and bright, and there mm -hmm. wasn't a lot of pressure around it, and we weren't thinking anyone would publish our book. Right. There's <laughs> <laughs> a book of dogs being stretched under machine lights. Um filmed from a ladder like that's totally out there <laughs> when the imposter syndrome came was when the first edit for the book came back okay and um it was just redlined like every line Everywhere. in the book was redlined yeah and then you're like your stomach sinks you're like oh what am i thinking why am i doing this but the red line pushed me to think Okay, just because I know things as a physical therapist 
maybe I don't know them through a veterinarian's veterinarian's lens, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so how do I how do I get that lens? And that's what really triggered me to go get certified. And I picked mm-hmm. CRI for certification because they mixed PTs and veterinarians in the same space. Yeah. Um, and it really did open my lens so that I could write a better book and be a better animal physical therapist then. Yeah. I feel like that's so important. You know, I think we all have something that we bring to the table to this field with our background, with our knowledge, and we can all like learn so much from each other. So, so I love the fact that you kind of like recognized, you know, that, that aspect of it, that kind of like what, what you needed it to learn to then taking your, your, your knowledge as a PT, right. And, and going back to, you know, then your, your origin story, if you want to call that, you know, I love the fact that for you, it just seemed so kind of like intuitive to a certain degree that you're like, you're, you're massaging your sister's dog. Right. And you're like, wait, this feels much like my human patients. The anatomy is similar. Maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that, right? And that's what I tell a lot of the PTs that like ask me about it. It's like, or, or even like the, the one of the, the cool thing I like doing is I do like maybe two or three times a year. I do like nowadays virtually, which is wonderful. I host, um, canine rehab talks for PT, um, uh, programs usually kind of like during the rounds like and and it's always interesting because majority of those pts have no idea about canine rehab they 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 maybe have seen it on social media but that's it but that's what i tell them it's like look it's exactly the same thing you're learning how to do with humans but you're just going to take that framework and you're going to apply it to a different population that's yes. all <laughs> yes and what was interesting about teaming up with my sister is my sister is a certified dog trainer so she could speak dog. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to speak dog when we were doing this project. Yeah. So what I knew is when I had her dog in my hands and I hit the stretch, just like with our human patients, what our human patients do is they go, Oh, thank you. That feels so good. Mm-hmm. He just did the Doberman version of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. That feels so good. So I intuitively knew that messaging from my work as a physical therapist. Now, what I had to learn over time is that dogs speak dog and I didn't speak dog then. Yeah. So there was definitely a learning curve, but no different a learning curve than um, what it takes to learn anything else, right? Mm-hmm. It's just getting a knowledge set, applying it and then practicing it. Yeah, no, that's a great, that's a great point. And that's what I tell a lot of the PTs especially that are kind of like that they know that, Hey, I want to do that in the future. What can I do today to prepare myself for it? I say like, learn how to handle dogs, learn dog body language, go uh, uh, take course on uh, positive reinforcement training, take uh, uh, go volunteer. So what I did back in 2012 and 13, when I was going through CRI, I was volunteering at the, um, at the Western Pennsylvania Humane Society as a dog walker. And I used to go a few hours every week and I would just walk dogs, right? Because I was very comfortable walking my own dog, of course. But what about a dog that is anxious? What about a dog that it's in the, um, in the, in, in that can over there, but they're, they're anxious, they're nervous, they don't know what's going on. How do I go about getting comfortable? right? Handling those kinds of dogs, all different sizes, kind of like stuff. So that's what I tell people to do is just like, yeah, learn, learn how to speak dog and learn how to handle the more challenging kind of dogs because learning how to do this stuff with, you know, your own dog or your family's dog is one thing because those dogs are used to you and they're going to, for the most part, let you do whatever you want with them. But it's a different story when you have an anxious, nervous Nelly type of dog in front of you. Yep. But I have to tell you guys that to inspire PTs to go do the work Francisco just mentioned, there is this magical thing that happens, like a soulful connection that can happen with the animal. And my example is at university, we had a resident who was from Israel. He was from the um, army over there and he did lots of working dog handling. And when he came to CSU, 
he would bring a dog down to therapy and then 30 minutes later, he'd come back down and the dog would be sound asleep on my treatment mat, getting massages and <laughs> myofascial release. And he came in one day and he said, Sash, I thought you guys don't sedate dogs in rehab. And I said, well, we don't. Those dogs are not sedated. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, there's no way those dogs would be like that unless you had them sedated. Yeah. And so that you reach this point in your skill set when you're communicating with animals where you really create one entity, a human physical therapist, an animal, and together you're agreeing to build a therapeutic bond. Mm-hmm. Just feeling that in your lifetime is worth the work it takes to get there yeah. because it's absolutely magical. And you go home feeling not just connected to yourself, but connected to the world. Right? Yeah. And in a world where we feel isolated, that's a really great connection. Um, no, that's a great point. Uh, I love that aspect of it because that's, that's how we like over the years now I've been doing this now for eight years, have had my own business for six. And especially during the time I've had my own business, I have built some very like long relationships with clients that continued even after, you know, unfortunately their dog passed away. And a lot of it started from that point on, right? So of course I would see their dogs two, two and a half, three, sometimes even close to four years. So during that time we get to talk a lot and 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 know each other and you know have some good conversations. But where I think that those relationships tend to start is at that point is when they see how comfortable their dogs get around you, you know, especially if they have a dog who usually might not do well in a, uh, outside their own environment, maybe a dog that is a little bit more anxious at their regular veterinary appointments. And then suddenly they see this dog just completely melt down and be so happy when they're pulling up to your parking lot, kind of like stuff that it, it, at the, from that point on, the client is becomes like even more a part of it because they see their dog doing so well. They get physically better, functionally yeah. better, mm-hmm. and you built a really interesting yeah. relationship with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, thanks for bringing that up. And then the, the other thing, Sasha, I wanted to talk to you about because you know I've I've known you now. I think ever since I probably went through CRI. And then through the years when I work with CRI and you were working there too, we got to know each other a little bit better. And you always, uh, at least from since I've met you, right? And then based on your story with this book that you got published to start your career as a canine rehab therapist, basically, it seemed to me that you always had a little bit of the entrepreneurial mindset of kind of like, not just settling for kind of like what's there, but you know, like it was the case with the book, you just decided to do this and sent to the publish like who how many people out there would even have the courage to just send to a publisher to see what would happen right so and our audience there's a lot of people that find themselves uh sometimes because they want to open their own business sometimes to be quite honest is a little bit of a necessity of like the only way they're going to make canine rehab work for them as a pt or as a vet is if they go out on their own and make this work for them but tell us more about that side of you, like the entrepreneur side and, and, and how that blends together with everything that you do. I think like all origin stories, right? It started in my home environment. I come mm-hmm. from a family where everyone in my family owned their own small business. Okay. I saw how owning your own small business did not set you free. Just because you owned a business didn't mean you got to take vacations or that you had extra money for my family. It was basically hand to mouth, even though they owned their own businesses Mm -hmm. until after my stepfather turned 50, he started to build a brand new business from scratch. And I got to see with my own eyes, what it took to go from zero to independently wealthy. He did it in 10 years. And Mm -hmm. it was really inspiring to go from seeing my family struggle to seeing then my stepfather, he just had these skills that we didn't have. Yeah. And so when I went out into the world, I wanted the skills my stepdad had. 
I wanted to tap into that so that I too could not just have a business that made money, but have a business that set me free, that gave me time to create, that created passive income. And that was my journey. When I started the book, I thought this might be my chance to create passive income. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how to do that. So I signed up for my local small business development classes. Mm-hmm. They, I got a small business coach. Um, his name was Bill. He owned big O tire stores. Um, he knew a lot about business and I was really intimidated when I went to go talk to Bill, but he helped me so much. <laughs> and then I hired a coach from Robert Kiyosaki's program. Oh, cool. I did his choose to be rich program. Mm-hmm. And in that program, I learned two things that were game changers for me. The first one was personality profile testing is great, but what we have to do with the information is supplement our weaknesses. For me, I'm a visionary thinker. I'm an independent worker. I'm not good at granular details and I'm not good at, um, maintenance once the vision is complete. I want to go to the next thing. Okay, done, go, done, go, right? So I built a team around me of people who had the skills I didn't have. And when I first started, that's really scary because you don't have much money. You got a bunch of time, but you don't have a lot of money. Yeah. So I found a CPA, I hired an intellectual property attorney. I made sure the copyright of that book belonged to me and not the publisher so that I had control of the content. And then through the small business development, the second thing I did that was a game changer is Bill, my business coach, had me build not a one-year or five-year business plan, but a 20-year business plan. That sounds completely crazy when you're first getting started, right? You're like, Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I'm doing in 20 years. But what it did is it changed my thinking to, wow, if I want to go from step one, which we'll use the home exercise software as an example. Mm -hmm. Step one was I have no home exercises for my clients. So I made them, I made three by five exercise cards and they were very expensive and clients loved them, but they loved them if they were in color and color was really expensive to print. (laughs) So then I said, how can I do this in a more effective way and also share it with other people? And that became the canine home exercises book right? Mm -hmm. The manual that then was sold on canine rehab shop and still is. Mm -hmm. I did that for six years. And then my next iteration was how do I do this in a web-based software? Had I not built a 20 year business plan, I wouldn't have had the path to iterate like that. I would have stopped at my three by five exercise card Mm-hmm. It was working for me in clinic, but I wouldn't have thought, how do I make it better? How do I make it better? How do I make it better? And those two things, creating a team that supports my, the things that I don't have naturally. Yeah. And then building a big business plan. Those were my two game changers. Awesome. Uh, I love it. Thanks so much for sharing it. I mean, I think you hit it on so so many important things. I think f- first of all is that even when you're starting, right, you you sought out help. I feel like that's so important, right? You you work with the small business group of people, you 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 hired the coach from the the Robert Kiyosaki program. And and I think that's so important because there's just so much that like we don't know. And sometimes we we think we have to figure this out on your own. And there are people out there 
that can kind of like help us, you know? Yeah, like you, there was no Francisco when I started, right? So <laughs> no, I could yeah. go and what will crack you up is that when I was doing my business plan and you go get your financials, right? From this giant book that exists in the world <laughs> that tells you how much money businesses in that group make. There were zero canine rehab businesses at that time. Mm -hmm. So we literally had to make it up. Mm -hmm. We just flat didn't know. Then right. numbers didn't exist. No, and, and now there's people point, like you. Yeah. And even to this point, sometimes, like, especially if someone is trying to get a, a loan from a bank or something like that, like, it's hard sometimes to get numbers for our field because they're not out there, like you said, in binders, in books, and like that kind of stuff. But no, I, I appreciate it, Sasha, because you're, you're right. That wasn't someone like out there helping. And even when I started six years ago, nine, 2017, when I left the clinic where I was working and I was like, you know what? I'm going to open a mobile business and I'm just going to have to figure it out. Like really there was. And I started hiring coaches that help physical therapists open their own clinic kind of stuff. But I just had to then take what they were teaching me and apply to like our field basically. And that has been one of the, 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 the cool things, you know, I've been able to thankfully do with this podcast, do with our coaching programs and stuff. It's then help package all that information, all that knowledge and, and help PTs, help vets. They're trying to figure it out. This business thing kind of like work for them. again on rehab. So I appreciate that. Um, but the other thing you brought it up is then you get to the point, right? Where, and, and, and I think a lot of us get it when we start our business, if it's mobile, if it's clinic, whatever it is, you start getting busy and you start needing help. And then that's another scary part of growing. It's like, shoot, now I got to hire people. I got to lead people. I got to manage people. But I love what you mentioned that it's like figuring it out how they can, uh, 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 supplement the things that you're not necessarily good at, right? And I was kind of like laughing when you described it yourself, because that is like, you know, that that's the description of an entrepreneur that you gave. And I'm the same way where it's like, I just full of ideas. I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. Let's do that. You know, and, and this, and then my, my team quite often needs to be kind of like, well, let's kind of like slow down a little bit over here. Can we, can we please figure it out first how to get from A to B before we talk about how we're getting to C and D? <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think, you know, the reason that I think those iterations where you have to hire teams of people, if you build your business plan before you're too busy, mm -hmm. then you actually have already built the system for making that happen. Yeah. If you try to do it when you're busy, it is so hard. It is. Because you're running a full <laughs> clinic, you're doing the paperwork, you're doing the finances, yeah. and you probably have a family, and then you'd really like to still go to that dinner party on Saturday night. Yeah. Like, And then what happens is you just get so busy that you don't have the time to sit down and say to yourself, do I need to actually hire a full-time employee or can I contract out scheduling? Mm -hmm. Can I simply use an online scheduler to do my scheduling? Mm -hmm. Can I, it takes that kind of blocked space, right? I'm a big advocate of also having blocked thinking time. And I put it on my calendar like that. So my team knows, yeah. do not call Sasha <laughs> during her <laughs> blocked business time. Um, and I just turn everything off. And all yeah. I do is think and work on my business instead of working in my business. Love that. Yeah, I'm I'm a big proponent of block thinking time. Uh, personally, it has been more of a challenge over the last couple of years with now a toddler at home and just life in general. But I just feel like that's so important. You, we, even if it's like 30 minutes to kind of like just really get your mind out of things, you know, and, 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 and see from a different perspective, especially as a business owner, right? Sometimes I feel we get so caught up on the hamster wheel of the day-to-day -day kind of like stuff. And it, be, it can be so easy to then feel like, oh, but I cannot take a time off, right? Sometimes it's like, oh, but I cannot afford to even just take a, let's say a Monday, I cannot afford to take a Monday off because I got to see this patient's. 
And I'm like, look, if you take a Monday off once a month, you're going to be in a better position to help those patients in the long run because you're going to have this mental break that you're going to be able to reflect on what's working, plan on what you're going to change and just kind of like go from there rather than just just being on a go, go, go hamster wheel, you know, kind of mode. So yeah, I, I love think the thinking time. Along Along the lines of it's different than thinking time, but in my view, just as important is having business mentors that are also not doing what you do. Mm -hmm. So for example, I'm fortunate. I live in this cool little neighborhood in old town, Fort Collins. Most of us are entrepreneurs and I can just call my neighbor and say, Hey, I'm really struggling with this decision I need to make. Can you come over? I'll feed you snacks and you can just (laughs) pick me some ideas. Mm -hmm. And what that does is it refreshes my mindset because I might be thinking about solving a problem in this straight direction in my Sasha thinking vision person mode. Right. Mm -hmm. But really the answer is just right here. Yeah. Just, it's just one little thought away from what I'm thinking. And if someone else says it to me, then I can see clearly like, oh, right. I don't have to make this hard. It's actually very easy. I can (laughs) do this thing. So my business supporters are not just in the world of canine rehab and veterinary medicine. They also own lumber yards and marketing businesses and Mm -hmm. write resumes. And um, it brings perspective, which is also important. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I agree. And and I think, yeah, it's about sometimes... The answer is right there in front of us, but we're we're so emotionally attached to our own business that we don't see it. We have this blind spot, basically, that we don't see it. And all it takes is someone coming from the outside with a different perspective to point that out, to get us out of your own head, basically. And then we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. How how did I not think about that solution? Right. Right. And in my old way of doing things. I made things so much harder than they had to be mm-hmm. because I I just originally had mentors within my field, right? Mm-hmm. And then I learned with Bill, the tire guy, who would think a tire guy could be your business coach when you're a doggy rehabber. Um, he just taught me different ways of looking at things. So perspective is important. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. But then to to kind of like make a transition a little bit, because I want to talk about uh, Go Charlie and your uh, home exercise platform. Because as you were talking about those lessons you learned as your journey as an entrepreneur, you you, you briefly mentioned something that I think it's important too. That you, you you said something along the lines of like you wrote that book, and then more things came from it. But I think you said, and I I, I didn't write it down so I don't remember. But you think something about like six years later basically, then other opportunities came up, right? And I think that that's important for people to realize too, that there is no overnight success. So you 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 can hear me, you can hear Sasha or whoever having these conversations and, or, you know, you can listen to podcasts like that can be inspirational of like, yeah, let me go and do this and stuff. But like, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And it does take a lot of that greediness to just, and resilience to just kind of like keep on pushing, right? Yes. And I think there's also a really important aspect of this too. I'm going to go a little um, soulful soulful and spiritual here on us for a second, which is, I think there are things we need to learn between our iterations that will make the next iteration successful. And if we try to push the timeline Mm -hmm. before we've learned what we need to learn, we're just simply not ready. So for me, the things I needed to learn from my little exercise card to the first hard copy book for the exercises, I needed to learn that passive income streams are based on what my audience needs, not on what I need necessarily. So my three by five exercise card was perfect for me and my clinic, 
it made me lose a little money, but it worked for my clients. But when I was moving into the passive income stream, you, the audience now, you were who I needed to speak to. And that's a big mental shift from this is what I need to this is what we need. And it also requires reaching out into the world and asking for feedback. Mm. And when I reached into the world and asked for feedback, some of it came back. It wasn't too nice, Francisco. (laughs) (laughs) People were really, really honest. (laughs) And it does take like, oh, some of those hits were really hard. Um, Meaning people would say bad things like these pictures aren't good enough and these dogs aren't happy and the language is wrong. And they're just really like, yeah. But what I did is I said, okay, what I'm hearing from my audience is that like, I'll take the emotion out of it. They want bigger, crispier pictures. Can I do that? Heck yeah, I can do that. They want language that better suits, not them as rehabbers, but their clients. Can I do that? Yeah, I can do that. Mm -hmm. So once I could finally get through the, what I was perceiving were mean emotional hits. um, Once I got through that, then I was like, oh yeah, now I know what to do. And what I actually did is I took a month off which sounds completely crazy. How much money did I have? Not very much money, (laughs) but I took a month off. I went to my family's house in the mountains and I wrote the book. Mm. That's all I did for one month. And one month later, it was published on my website, making passive income. And then I'd achieve that goal, right? Like, oh, I did it. So I had to learn those things. I had to learn how important it was to listen to my audience. I had to learn what I could do. I had to learn that if I was going to do this level of work, I needed to have time blocked out. Mm -hmm. So that was getting to the first iteration. The dogs next door just woke up. I don't know if you can hear them, but they're having a dog party out back. (laughs) Um, Then the third iteration to the electronic home program What's interesting about that is that it was in my original 20-year plan. I wanted an electronic home program with videos in my original business plan I built with Bill. Mm -hmm. The technology just wasn't there yet Mm -hmm. for animals. And I didn't have the skill set. The skill set required to build GoGo Charlie includes you have to be able to be a producer. You have to be able to be an editor. You have to be able to be a copy editor. You have to know how to build exercises from the rehabber's perspective. You have to know how to deliver them from a client perspective. That's a lot of knowledge. And Francisco, I did not have that knowledge in 2010. I didn't have any of that knowledge. So even had the technology existed, I wouldn't have had the tools I needed to be successful building a web-based home program until, you know, five years ago when I started canine home exercises was the first beta test version of it. Yeah. Yeah, it it is. It's it's hard. Like when we're going through those challenges, right. When we're going through the struggles to see it that way, that like, yes, things are not easy right now, but it is showing me lessons that then it's just going to take me where I want to get it, you know, but that's kind of like so important. That's so important, you know, and, and, and I share that quite often with my audience when it comes to like people ask me, you know, cause I have shared before some of the negatives that I experienced working at a, 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 a at a clinic before I went out and opened my own business. And people ask me, it's like, would you do the same thing? if you could go back in time. And I'm like, you know what? I would, because it taught me so many things that it made me a better business owners afterwards because I've observed and I was like, you know what? One day I, I don't want to do this. I don't want to run things this way. I would want to do things differently. And that's how I kind of like build the KNIPT. So those lessons kind of like all are part of the journey. And then, you know, to, to, 
to your story, then it's it's interesting because you you shared like yeah that you weren't the the you you weren't ready to have an electronic platform at that point in time, and then also like probably the technology or something was still kind of like quite not there. But funny enough, I remember when your home exercise platform just came out, right? You said about five years ago, there was, uh, uh, I had a, a, a subscription to the platform where now you, you, you host go, go Charlie. And I was literally, I had that subscription for about a year and I was, I was literally, I called them to cancel because it, it, it was just not good. You can tell it was not done by a canine rehab therapist. The quality of the videos, the quality of the, the, the content within the exercises was not like what I wanted my patients to be doing, what I wanted my clients to be doing to the point where I've realized, you know what, this is not good. So what I did at that point in time, I recorded myself like uh, about 10, 12 different exercises that I used to do more frequently. And I would just send the link to a Dropbox video, to a YouTube video, to those clients are like, this is the exercise, this is the exercise. And then I remember then like your platform came out and then I did a trial and I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. Cause I can tell it was built by someone who understands what we're trying to get these dogs to do. Yes, which is exactly the, the you know, bringing it home is I couldn't have done this 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Didn't have a skill set to do it 10 years ago. And so for people who are just getting started out in the animal world, understanding that there's lessons that need to be learned, like lesson number one is valuing yourself and finding what you're passionate about. For me, I love canine rehab. If you ask me, you know, hey, Sash, do you want to retire today? No, I don't want to retire. I love what I do. So it's that kind of passion that you're mm -hmm. looking for. And it doesn't maybe have to be with the dogs. What if your passion is for um, designing new exercise equipment? I mean, it could mm -hmm. be anything, right? right? So first is the passion. Second is the skill set of learning how to build a profitable business. It's just hands down the most important thing you do. For me, building a profitable canine rehab private practice gave me the tools to then build profitable passive income streams. Mm -hmm. And then once you have the skill, you just repeat, repeat, repeat. Not that you don't have to learn new skills along the way, but right. you basically understand how to build a profitable business. And that's a skill set that if you don't learn it, you can't iterate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. And then tell us more about Google Charlie now. And now it's the, you know, your, your home exercise platform and uh, what's been kind of like going on with it. Yeah. So Gogo Charlie started out at canine as canine home exercises. That, that was my beta test version. We, I videotaped about 250 exercises that were loaded into the original platform and the idea was, I need to see if I can, number one, make this a profitable endeavor, and number two, see if the market even needs it. Mm -hmm. So I was able to answer yes to both of those questions at about year three. Um, and then I knew that it wasn't all that it could be. So at year three, I started building the business plan and the content updates that then became Go Go Charlie earlier this year. So what was different about the two? Canine home exercises. Now it's no longer just canines. Yeah. Cats, rabbits, turtles, hedgehog. Yeah. Um, so basically small animals. So the canine had to drop. So I knew I had to rebrand. And then home exercises. Yes, there are home exercises in there, but what you, the audience, have asked for is also for, hey, Sash, can you add treatments? Can you add the whole series of modalities? Can you start to add manual therapy treatment? So the first manual therapy treatment we've added is modified stretches. Those are now published. You can find them under manual therapies or stretches. And then later we'll add laser therapy, 
joint mobilizations, things like this, so that you as rehabbers will have not just a library of home exercises that you can send to your clients, but you will have a library of, how do I do a thoracic spine DV glide? Mm -hmm. I only learned it twice. I forgot how. So that's the next iteration, right? So I'm at the beginning of that next iteration. And just like before, your feedback drives what it looks like. The other thing that's new is there were always templates in there, but we're growing out the templates. So what does this mean? A template is a pre-populated home program for a specific diagnosis, and it's for each level of acuity. So for acute, subacute, chronic, and then some return to sport. If you're a new rehab therapist and you're like, I have never seen a flexicarpi ulnaris issue before. All you have to do is type in FCU at the top and it will populate your home programs for you. Mm. So it takes away the anxiety, the angst that I felt when I was a new rehab therapist and the doctor would send me my first gracilis myopathy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you'll see like five gracilis myopathies in your whole life, maybe unless you live next to a um, a working dog center, then you might see more. But I, I felt so much stress. I was so worried about doing the wrong thing. So templates just buoys you. It just says, you know, you got this. Let's just show you how to do it. You can modify it however you want. If you're like, I don't want to do that stretch, fine. Delete, add your own things in there. So This is really helping new rehab therapists and it's really helping busy practices that are say veterinary surgeon driven with technicians doing the rehab. The veterinary surgeon can just call out, Hey, will you please send home the TPLO protocol? Right. Mm -hmm. It's already done for them. Yeah. The third thing that's new is adding documents. So you can now upload a document to a patient's chart. So if you want to send home the note, for example, you can just attach your note to the home program and then the client has it. Nice. And then it goes along with whatever program, kind of like you're sending over to them all in one. Exactly. It goes all in one email. It arrives in their email box with, even though the name of the business is Go Go Charlie. <clears throat> Mm-hmm. What happens when you subscribe is Go Go Charlie drops off and your brand pops up on the top. That's fan. Yeah. So the client gets an email from you. Mm-hmm. You create a username or the client creates a username and password. And then they log into this page that's their portal. And any home exercise you sent will be found at that exact same portal. There's a little blue drop down menu and they'll be able to see the program you sent today the one you sent last week, the one you sent six months ago, and then the documents tab is in there too. Nice. I love it. Cause yeah, it, it, I, I have already seen it. Like we we've been using your platform this whole time and I cannot tell you how helpful it is. Like you said, for just the day-to-day operations of the practice and for the therapist to streamline their time into sending this to clients, but also like the client's feedback has also been great through the years too of them saying how easy it is for them to follow on their phone, watch the videos, mark, you know, a lot of them like to track kind of like if they have done the exercise or not, especially if they're in a household where there's more than one person doing the exercises so they can keep track of that stuff. And, and even through the, through the, more recently, I've realized you're adding some of that stuff with other animals. I haven't used it because we only see canines, but the one I have used quite often is, uh, you added, for example, instructions on the help them up harness. And we sell that quite a lot. And I was like, Oh, that's perfect. We can now we don't have to like, you know, give another handout to them. It's already here. It is along with whatever exercise we're sending along, you know, for you to do afterwards. So I, it's such I, a I beautiful value add for mm-hmm. the client, right? It is. Oklahoma harnesses are not inexpensive, but what you're saying is here's the harness. I, as the rehab professional will fit it for you. And then I'm sending you home with this classy video so that you can see how to do it at home. Yeah. And it, it supports the client, right? Yeah. 
And like you said, it also streamlines our time because for yeah. rehabbers, that's how we make money, right? We streamline our time. Yeah, I think the, yeah, streamline the time, but I, I think the support in the client is just so important and it, it, it creates a whole different experience uh, that for them that it's a lot more positive too, that, you know, cause w- what I try to teach, you know, our students and I talk about on the podcast is like, we, we got to get off this mindset that we are in the canine rehab business and understand that we are in the customer service business and we happen to provide canine rehabilitation as a service. So you got to figure it out. What, what is the customer experience that you want people to experience from your business? And little things like that make a big, big difference when they can see something very professional getting sent in their way that they can use it, that it's helpful to them, you know, rather than 10 years ago when, yeah, I, we had to just send a, a link to a YouTube video because there were no options available out there besides that, you know? The other thing we've done recently that clients really are loving is we created an exercise card. So you can create your own exercises under the archive tab. Mm-hmm. So if there's something specific that you want for your clients, you can create your own home exercises mm-hmm. in it. We use the archive tab to create a scheduling link and a price sheet. So in each one of our home programs, this scheduling link goes in there. The clients can click on the link and schedule from the home program. So now we don't have to have a front desk person spending 15 minutes with the client scheduling eight visits. The client schedules their own visits. They can also reschedule their own visits. And we loved it for us. We didn't know when we did it how much the clients were going to love it. Mm. Saves them time too. Yeah. That's, I'd love that. I'd never, yeah, I wouldn't even have thought of like something like that, but it's just figuring out ways to like streamline things, you know, yeah. and leverage the technology. Leverage what if you, you have, can yeah. buy yourself 15 minutes. Go get a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. This is so helpful. Um, and it's great to hear where Go Go Charlie now is kind of going, Sasha, because it, it, I think he has been so helpful. And and I love all this add-ons kind of thing. And I love how it's. I even wrote down over here that it's it's almost it's kind of like going away from just being like a home exercise platform and just being also a learning platform to the provider as well. You know, because like I said, they can go in and get ideas, get kind of like, okay, what do I do with this kind of patient? And what are some different exercise progressions I can think it through, you know, because we all, as we go, as we go and we get certified, you know, we, we all come out with a foundational knowledge that we build from it. And I feel from my years into this field, one of the things that people struggle the most after they get certified is exercise progression and figuring it out proper ways to progress the dogs through the exercise, especially when it gets the more challenging exercises. And this is a great way for people to be creative and 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 not not get into the uh, uh, kind of like just the regular routine of just doing the same handful of exercises over and over again, and 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 just kind of like start thinking a little bit more outside the box when it comes to that. And what rehabbers will notice is when you get your free trial and you log in, choose a category like strength is a really great category. And the exercises are actually sequenced for the rehab therapist from easiest to hardest. For example, push-up series, which we use to strengthen thoracic limbs. The first exercise is push-ups on a peanut. Mm. With the limbs elevated, Mm -hmm. it means most of the weight is on the back legs. So from a strength perspective, it's the easiest. And then it does push-ups going down, 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 down. And then push-ups with the back legs going up, 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 up. So mm-hmm. the last exercise in the series is back feet on a peanut doing push-ups with the front feet on the floor. So you can actually see what a sequence from beginning to end looks like by just looking at the exercises in a category. Yeah. And that that visual aspect of it is very helpful too. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, we'll put the link on the show notes to go, go Charlie for you guys to check it out. But before I wrap it up, Sasha, anything else, pros of wisdoms, anything else that we didn't talk about that you want to share with the audience? I mean, I think for me, the most important thing is 
just build a community of people that know things you don't know, like Francisco. You guys, when I was a new rehabber, I did not have the opportunity to work with somebody like Francisco. Had I done that, I would have done that. I think choosing that and then finding mentors. It's really great to have mentors in your pocket. People you can just reach out to and say, hey, I'm struggling with this business thing. What do you think? Yeah. And then the third pearl is I'm a big proponent of business plans. I know not everybody mm-hmm. is, but for me, the business plan got me from zero to where I am now. I feel very fortunate um, that I made that choice to follow a business plan. So that's what I would say. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha, so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. This was a great podcast episode. I hope the listeners find that too. And then, like I said, if you want more information, we'll post the link to Sasha's uh, uh, websites, um, Canine Rehab Shop and Go Go Charlie under the show notes. And um, I hope you guys have a great one. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Canine PT Academy podcast business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapist if you enjoyed what we had to say please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review you can also email us at hello at caninepttacademy.com that's hello at caninepttacademy.com with any questions or suggestions and go to caninepttacademy.com to find more resources and content including our fee calculator spreadsheet which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions because let's face it determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field you can also find all of that information and more under the show notes Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.